Finally famous in this, yeah. That's over everything. Good. Key Wayne. From the west, but I'm headed to the north side. North That's side. the top. I need a crib on the shore side. Short side. I need a backyard full court size. From where the judge is the only Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So with week one in the books for college football, there's there's a lot of overreactions. There is there's there's a lot of things that we've that we saw in week one that we need to def that definitely takes precedent. But there's a lot of overreaction to week one. It's just week one. But here are some takeaways that I have. Let's let's first start with ah oh Jesus. Let's talk about Oregon and uh, Georgia. I think what we saw is an accurate depiction of both Oregon and Georgia, but I also don't think it was an accurate prediction. Let me explain that because I know it. it, it let me explain that. I was I've said it on this podcast, I was very vocal in saying Oregon is probably gonna get their 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 heads blown in by Georgia. And that's exactly what happened. Georgia won what forty nine to three. And when I say accurate depiction, I mean Georgia looked and was the clear cut best team on the field. They were the better team. That's 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 how it is. That Georgia is the better team. It is a better team than Oregon. Now, when I say that it wasn't a, a, a complete depiction, I do think I don't think Oregon's that bad. I don't think Oregon's that bad. I do think that when you look at who they're playing again, which is Georgia, and you look at, you know, Bo Nix is is he's new to the program. They have a new head coach who was just with Georgia. It's gonna take some time for Oregon to round itself out. Now, I do think that even at his best, even at Oregon's best, they are not better team than Georgia. I think Georgia is one of the most complete teams in all of college football. Now, I thought that going into week one and that mindset has just been sharpened after week one. One of the things that were that was a question mark to me was how would Georgia fare losing them just the sheer amount of talent that they lost in the draft this year? They lost like what? four or five people. They also lost offensive linemen. They lost key people, Evan Neal. Like they lost people. And I was thinking, how would Georgia fare? I know Georgia was going to be good, but how would they fare? How I know they I thought they, they they're not going to look as good as last year. So and I, I they're not once did I think that they would beat or that Oregon was going to beat them or they would struggle with Oregon. But I did want to know, you know, how would Georgia look after losing all the talent that they lost to the draft. And boy, <laughs> this may be an overreaction right now, but Georgia looks like the best team in football right now or in college football. Now, I understand that Alabama beat Utah State, what, 55 to 0, but Georgia just looks great. 
Stetson Bennett looked good. The running, they have what that six seven tight end who's a beat. Georgia looks like the best team in in college football right now, uh, and you know, I, I think that the accurate depiction of the Georgia Oregon game was Georgia is the best is the better team in Oregon, like leaps and bounds better. There's better, even if Oregon, you know, even if they saw Oregon towards the end of the season, Oregon completely healthy. You know, the scheme is right. Bo Nix is right. Like Georgia, in my opinion, would beat Oregon 10 times out of 10, no matter when they see him. And I, and I also think that that is a that's a clear cut difference between the Pac-12 and the SEC. See, the Pac-12, usually when the Pac-12 or or the Big Ten play the SEC, they usually lose. The SEC has better teams. Like. The, it, the, it's just a different feel when you talk about, you know, USC, UCLA, uh, Utah, Oregon, compared to Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State. You know, it's it's just different. And that's that that, ha- that was not that was that wasn't more true than it was on Saturday when. Georgia just just beat the absolute dogish out of Oregon, man. Now I think Oregon will be better. I I, I don't. I think they'll be better, but I just I, there's it's it's like there's levels. You know how they how they say there's levels. Georgia's on one level, Oregon's on another. Even Oregon at his best day. Another game that I kind of want to talk about is Notre Dame and Ohio State. I said going into the podcast that, or going into, or I think last episode I said it, if Notre Dame loses this, this game, it would it would just completely take them out the college football playoffs. They were ranked fifth. They're going against a top a top four team. They're going against the second overall team in Ohio State, and they don't really have another good team that they play outside of what um Clemson and I think USC but I said if they lost this game that they would it would be they wouldn't have a chance to make the college football playoffs and I said that with the indication that if they lost this game I thought they would get blown out that was my opinion and I was wrong now the, the the jury's still out in which Notre Dame can make the college football playoffs, but they didn't get blown out. They lost twenty one to ten. Now the things that you knew Notre Dame was gonna be good at, they were good at. They're good in defense. They're they're a fast team, they're a physical team. And the things that they weren't good at, you knew they weren't going to be good at. The offense is still, you know, the quarterback still is, is sketchy. The wide receiver core is still sketchy. Um, but, I, I, and I, I, again, the jury's still out in which if they can make the college football playoffs or not. But I think that there's going to be, they're going to have to run the table. Somebody's going to have to lose us in the top four or five, maybe – you know, there was, oh, there's always one week in college football or college in, in general where 
all a lot of the top teams lose, like the fifth team, the fourth team, the third team, the sixth team, like they all lose. And you could see that and then that would help Notre Dame if of course they went out. I think that uh Freeman is going to be a really good coach. Uh, and, and I didn't like what I saw out of Ohio State. I thought that I, out of the top what four teams, they have, in my opinion, the arguably the worst, maybe arguably the worst or the, the weakest wide receiver core. We'll talk about Clemson in a second. But Ohio State has, like, the, the weakest wide receiver core. And – even though C.J. Stroud was good, what, 24 for 34, 200 and, uh, 223 yards, two touchdowns in the air, uh, it, you know, it, it was just a – I feel if Notre Dame had a better quarterback and, and their offense was better, they would have won. Now, of course, that's easier. That's easy, of course, if, if, if. But, yeah, that was that. Another takeaway that I have is – Let's slow down. Shouts out to EJ Manuel. He said this the other day. Let's slow down with those, oh, these teams are back. You know, uh, Florida, Miami. Um, Baylor beat the dog. It shot all over the East. Um, USC. Now, I think USC looked really good against Rice. You know, Lincoln Riley's debut. He looked really – they looked really good. Um, what? Williams had 249 yards in the air, 19 for 22, two touchdowns. Um, you know, the but the things that the question marks that we had with these teams are still prevalent, even though you can't really see much from Rice. Um, you know, USC, their defense didn't look that good. Uh, all Appalachian State and in North Carolina. Well, yeah, North Carolina can celebrate. You know, Mac Brown did win. Yo, North Carolina gave up forty points in the fourth quarter. The four, no, North Carolina gave up forty points in the fourth quarter to Appalachian State. Now they ultimately won sixty. You know, uh, North Carolina ultimately won sixty-three to sixty-one. But you're giving up forty points in the fourth. Florida, I do think it was a really good win against number seven, Utah. Uh, but again, I, I do want to hold, I think, I want to make sure that we didn't over, an over, over hype or they didn't over rank Utah. I, I, I do, I do, Florida was good, but they got beat pretty much the, like the quarterback, for Utah, 22 for 32, 216 yards. The running back for Utah, to, uh, 115 yards and two touchdowns. Utah's tight end had nine receptions, 105 yards. Like, I do, I do think that I just want to make sure they didn't, we didn't overrank Utah. And Florida, they had, you know, they had their moments. It was, it was a good game. It's just, Slow the brakes on, oh, Florida is a contender now, or USC is a contender now, or, you know, UNC is a contender now. Like, let's 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 chill out. Let's chill out. Miami. Now, I will say this. Now, I said I was going to talk about um, Clemson. <sighs> Gone are the days. <laughs> Deshaun Watts is not stepping through that door. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is not stepping through that door. 
I know DJ was it ukulele. I know I said your name wrong, bro, and I apologize. I know that they beat, you know, college football is the biggest example of the score does not, is not always indicative of the game. Because, yes, Clemson won uh, 41 to 10. But Clemson looked horrible. They looked horrible defensively. They looked horrible offensively. DJ, he only had 209 yards. They looked bad, man. They looked extremely bad. Their their number one rusher had 10 carries for 42 yards. It just, it was bad. And while, yes, they're ranked fourth, I do think that Miami, because Miami looked really good. It's just they played, who did they play? Miami played Illinois. No, they played Bethune-Cookman. And, of course, they're going to beat them 70-13. to 13. But, you know, you have Sandoval as the coach for Miami. Miami has really good players. They have really good, they have a really good unit as far as their defensive unit. And their offense is good. I just, Clemson, I'm not trying to overreact to what I saw from Clemson. I'm not trying to overreact at all. But it was not good. It was not good to say the least. Clemson, their their offense did not look. It was so bad that they they were trying to get rookie, uh, yeah, freshman over DJ. Like they were calling for that. That's how bad it was. It was bad. He couldn't. And when I talked about the wide receiver core, Clemson has a better wide receiver core than Ohio State, in my opinion. It's just when you have DJ Ukulele. Or is that ukulele? I don't. I I know I said your name wrong, bro. I apologize. I, it is. It is. I just. I'm sorry. But when they had DJ, he couldn't. It just the, the offense did not look explosive. Now, yes, there were times when the wide receivers dropped the ball, but it this again. I'm not trying to overreact because, of course, it's just week one, and they could get better. The defense looked okay at times, but it didn't look that good. Georgia Tech, honestly. Georgia Tech, bro, going into halftime, they had a chance to score, and they didn't. In fact, they were content with just letting the clock run out, which didn't make any sense to me. Then they blew two of their three timeouts in, like, the first five minutes of the third quarter. It just it, – Georgia Tech, man, they talk about Mike McCarthy's time management. Georgia Tech, that was horrible. So, I, look, I don't – I'm not trying to overreact to Clemson. I do think that Miami will have something to say about the ACC, but Clemson did not look good. They did not look good at all. Even though they did win 41-10, to 10, they did not look good in the slightest. Um, but that's week one. Like I said, uh, Michigan State beat Western Michigan. Okay. Uh, I do. It is a little concerning that Michigan State did struggle for a good while against Western Michigan. Now they did ultimately come out on top. Bada bing, bada boom. Wake Forest, you know, okay. Pitt, Pitt beat West Virginia. That was actually one of the best games of the of Week One. Yo, Central Michigan put up forty four on Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State did win. But Jesus, um. Week two is a big week for college for college basketball or college football as far as you have Alabama and you have uh, Texas. That's the biggest game of the week by far. Um, 
nothing else even compares. Maybe Tennessee and Pitt, uh, Jordan. Or, that's that's it. So, oh, Kentucky and Florida. That, that'll be a good game. That's a good litmus test for Florida again. They did just beat the number seven team in Utah. Uh, let's see if they can beat Kentucky. Uh, USC and Stanford is going to be a good game, I think. Baylor and BYU. I think I think BYU is going to get destroyed. That's just my opinion. But that's week one of college football. Let's not overreact to some things. Let's be honest about some things. That's that's what it was. So, spoof forward. The NFL is back tomorrow. And when I say back, I mean like officially back, not preseason, not OTAs. The NFL game one is back tomorrow when the Buffalo Bills play the reigning champion, L.A. Rams. It is time for football, one of the best times of the year. Um, yeah, it, It's exciting. And, you know, I did my rankings of positions. I did the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, defense, tight end. I did all those rankings. I also brought a bunch of people on the podcast to break down all the divisions. I appreciate everyone that came on. And the last thing I'm going to do is rank the teams, my top 10 teams. My, the teams that I feel are going to be the 10 best in the NFL. Now, it was harder around the 10-9 mark than it was 1-2, and two, uh, in my opinion. It, it, there's there, there's going to be a lot of question marks this year. Like, there, what what goes on with Dallas? What goes on with Arizona? What's going to happen with, with Green Bay? What's going to happen with Minnesota? There's a lot. There's 49ers. There's a lot of question marks. So, and that's, that's also one of the biggest reasons why I think that this is one of the most exciting years going into the year. Because, while, yes, I do think you have a clear-cut best team. There's a lot of interest and a lot of excitement in just the, you know, in just to me, there's anybody could win. Now, again, there is a clear cut best team, in my opinion, but anybody can win. And when I say anybody, I mean like the top teams. And I think that's exciting. That's exciting. But without further ado, here's my top 10 teams, starting from number 10. I have Philadelphia. (sighs) Now, number 10, of course, at Philadelphia. No, now, I it, I am still, I still am holding out, like, I, I still have reservations about Jalen Hurts and his ability to lead the team passing-wise as far as can he win when he has to mainly pass, which we have not really seen. Uh, and when he did have to pass, again, it's I said this when I brought on the thousand jumpers podcast and we talked about the nfc east i can't get out of my head watching the eagles play the bucks in the playoffs and the bucks made them pass the ball and how pedestrian they looked now again that's the bucks and it's the bucks one of the best defenses in the league but again, there there's a lot of promise. The defense is a lot better. This is one of the best rosters in the league. The Philadelphia Eagles is, and I am interested to. That's one of the biggest reasons why I have them at number ten. And it, this this team could rise depending on you know how they look offensively. Yeah, you have AJ Brown. They did just get homie from the Saints, uh, the safety. So. It's going to be a good team, man. It's going to be a really good team. But I have them at number ten. 
Number nine, I have Baltimore. This is, of course, based on how Lamar Jackson looks, if he's going to play majority of the season, seeing as though with the contract thing. And there's a lot of – they most of their team was injured. Like, they had 19 injuries before the season. And I am interested to see what they look like because their defense is going to be good. You know, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys, Calais Campbell. Their defense is going to be good. Patrick Queen. It's just their offense, you know. Is is J.K. Dobbins going to be okay? I know that they uh, just got a, they just got Kenyon Drake. And, and, of course, with Lamar, I, I'm not saying he's going to, you know, sit out. But you never know. So, I have the Ravens at number nine. Ah, man. Number eight, I have the Bengals. And the only reason why I have the Bengals at number eight is out of respect to the fact that they made it to the Super Bowl. And they, in my opinion, have the best offensive core in the league. When we talk about quarterback to running back to wide receiver core, they have the best, in my opinion, in the league. There's not a team that has a better offense, in my opinion, than the than the Bengals. Now, the question marks that I have is, of course, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line. Now, yes, they did buff up the offensive line, which was a huge, and I mean huge, problem for them. And one of the biggest reasons why they didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, and they did show that up, so I do need to see how that that shapes. But their defense is still a question mark. Yes, you have Bates, uh, who I think is going to be franchise tagged, or is franchise tagged, so... Bates is still good, but outside of that, their defense has a lot of question marks, and the only reason why I'm putting them over the Ravens, who, spoiler alert, I have the Ravens winning the AFC North, and, oh, is it South? AFC North. I have the Ravens winning the AFC North. The only reason why I'm putting the Bengals over top of them right now is because, you know, out of respect to the fact they just made the Super Bowl. So I have the Bengals at number eight. I have the Chargers at number seven. Now, I have the Chargers at number seven on paper. Right now, a lot of the things that we're talking about, the Chargers are on paper. On paper, if this works, it'll be... Because honestly, when you get uh, Khalil Mack, when you have Joey Bosa, when you have Derwin James, when you have, uh, you know, the the offense that they do, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Herbert... Uh, Austin Eckler, Slater on the offensive line. This team is a top, could, should be a top five, top four team. I just need to see, again, we need to see with J.C. Jackson, I forgot to add. I need to see what they look like all together because it looks, it sounds great. It sounds perfect. But it that doesn't ultimately, that doesn't ultimately mean that it's going to resort in wins. Now, I think it's going to be a good team regardless because of who the quarterback is. But I just need to see. Not to mention, Brandon Staley, he's, <laughs> he still needs – we still need to see bet more from him and, and better as a coach. It's like when you're clock management and, and going down for fourth – when you're in your own territory going, to, going for fourth, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So we do need to see more from him. But I have the Chargers at number seven. At number six, I have the 49ers. And I have the 49ers at six because I think they have the second best roster in all of football. 
I, I'll say it again. The 49ers have the second best roster in all of football. The problem and the concern is the quarterback position. Is Trey Lance ready? Is if 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 that and that's the thing. If Trey Lance is not ready and they go to Jimmy G, we know that there's a ceiling. We know that there's a ceiling with Jimmy G. Now we need to find out what the ceiling is for Trey Lance, but we know there is a ceiling for Jimmy G. So if Jimmy G has to come in, we're like, oh, well, okay. We know that there, there's there's just a limit that they can get to. And one of the biggest reasons, I said this last episode, one of the biggest reasons why they brought back Jimmy G is because they understand how good this roster is. And they understand we don't have time to, or we're, I don't know how patient they can be to just let Trey Lance figure it out, especially with how good, again, when you have the second best roster in football, you don't have time to be playing. So that's one of the biggest reasons why they brought back Jimmy G. So I have the 49ers solely because of their roster. Again, George Kittle, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuels, like Armstead. Like, uh, come on now. This, this is, yeah, I have the 49ers number six. And number five, I have Green Bay. I think. What isn't being talked about enough is how good this defense is. Yes, I understand you have Aaron Rodgers at the at the quarterback position. You have Aaron Jones. You have A.J. Dillon, who is one of the best one-two punches as far as running back. But this defense has the has the has the potential to be the best defense in all the football. We talk about Zaire Alexander. When we talk about Preston Smith, this has the the pot. This has the this defense can be the best defense in all the football, which is why I have – I do think that, you know, it is concerning, and, and I do want to see what happens, of course, Aaron Rodgers building relationships and building rapport with his wide receiver core after losing Devontae Adams. But this defense is going to carry them to, through a lot of games, and that is a scary proposition when you have Aaron Rodgers on, on the offensive side. Uh, there's a lot of people that have Green Bay going to the championship, which I def or going to the Super Bowl, which I'm definitely uh I'm cool on that right now. But I still think they're going to be a good team. So I have Green Bay at number five, and number four I have Kansas City. <laughs> yes, losing Tyreek Hill was big. Yet and yes, losing Tyron Matthew in my opinion was a bigger loss than and than Tyreek Hill. But you still have Patrick Mahomes. You still have Travis Kelsey. You still have Andy Reid. You still have Eric Bieniemy, who should be a head coach right now. It is okay. It's all right, though. I, until I see somebody dethrone them, I'm going to continue to be high on Kansas City. Uh, I do think their defense is a huge question mark. Their defense is a huge question mark. Uh, but it's, it's still Kansas City, man. So I have Kansas City at number four. Number three, I have Tampa Bay. Roster rise, they have one of the best rosters, if not the they have one of the best rosters in the league. Uh you you know, Levante David, Shaq Bennett, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I do one of the biggest reasons why I have them at three and maybe not higher, and honestly I could go lower is because of the offensive line. You lose your two guards, Jensen, you lose them for the season, and then People don't understand how big a loss Rob Gronkowski is, especially when we talk about blocking. We know Tom Brady is not a runner. Like, we know this. So, 
you need the blocking and when your offensive line is right now your weakest point oh yeah it's gonna that's 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 still question mark now i'm still respecting the fact that you have all the weapons and the piece that you have and you still have tom brady even though he did retire and he came back i'm still respecting that but i also see yo you lost a lot of your cards like you it's you know so yeah number two i have the rams uh it's the Rams. I do think it is it is big losing um, Von Miller. I think that OBJ is probably going to come back towards the end of the season. But you get Bobby Wagner. You have Aaron Donald. And, of course, you have Cooper Cup. You have Allen Robinson, which I think was a huge get for them. Uh, damn, imagine that, yo. Imagine wide receiver core of Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr. and Van Jefferson with Tyler Higby, which isn't the best tight end, but Tyler Higby as your tight end. Mm. Oh, and uh, and Cam Akers as your running back. That's gonna be a squad, man. Um, yeah, I think that this is the most complete team in the NFC. I don't really think there's anybody close um, as far as completeness in this team, and I do think that they have the best shot to repeat um at least nfc champions uh so i have the la rams at number two and number one i have the buffalo bills i think at this point there's a a, most people share the same sentiment as me which is that the buffalo bills not only is the best team in the league but it's going they're going to win the super bowl i'm still i still want to people have Aaron uh Josh Allen winning this, the MVP which I could see that but yeah I think it, of course you need to see what happens in the season but this team is stacked this team is is ha, is loaded this team has two people at every position and both of them are pretty good yes the running back position is still a question mark I mean Singletary you also have Cook the rookie uh, but you have Stefan Diggs Gabriel you have Dawson Knox, of course, Josh Allen, his running ability. Ed Oliver, Poyer, who should be playing Devont, uh, Trayvon, Tra- 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 uh, Trayvon White. Tradarius White, that's it. Tradarius White. So, yeah, no, Buffalo is number one in my opinion. So I have the Eagles, number 10, Ravens, number nine, Bengals, number eight, Chargers, number seven, 49ers, number six, Green Bay, number five, Kansas City, number four, Tampa Bay, number three, L.A. Rams, number four, and Buffalo, number one. You know, there's a couple teams I left out that, you know, people can say, what about them? Like the Broncos, like the Raiders, um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my top ten. So let me hear your top ten. Let me see who who you think I left off. Who do you think I left on? Um, just let me know. So leave in the comments. Leave it on the IG page. We'll talk about it. Just let me know. Moving forward. Uh, now I'm shooting this currently Tuesday afternoon before. Um. Before the WNBA slates tonight, uh, which is, of course, the Chicago Sky and the Connecticut Sun, they play tonight in L.A., the Las Vegas Raiders, or Las Vegas Aces and Seattle Storm. I kind of want to focus on the Seattle Storm Aces series, 
right now, right now, as we're currently speaking, the Aces are one win away from making it to the WNBA championship. I think that we are seeing quite possibly the best series in WNBA, like the best playoff series in WNBA history. Now, I'm not saying these are the best teams in WNBA history. I'm just saying the, the, the level of talent that we are experiencing, that we're seeing from the Vegas Aces and Seattle Storm Series is crazy. Like, I, was, I tweeted this the other day. Like, think about it. How many number one overall picks are playing when you have Asia Wilson, Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum, Tina Charles, Brianna Stewart. What's her name? Sue Bird. Jewel Lloyd. Like, <laughs> yo, and not to mention, just even though she's not number one overall pick, Chelsea Gray has been incredible. It, look, this is just a, the sheer talent. Yo, I think the first time in WNBA history there was three baskets made in three seconds between both teams. And that was game three. And 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 I do think that, man, this is the best the WNBA has ever been, bro. Now, yes, I still hold strong for my girl Maya Moore. But this is the best it's ever been, man. Cause we just talk, I just talked about the Aces and Storm series, but yo, Chicago Sky—they're the reigning champions, and they have looked great as well with Candace Parker, Claire Copper, like Vandersloot. Man, these women are hooping. Now, again, by the time you guys hear this. Chicago Sky could very well be in the NBA or WNBA Finals. The Vegas Aces can very well be in the NBA WNBA Finals, and if that's the case, we'll talk about it on Saturday. But yeah, I just want to highlight the fact that we are seeing some incredible, incredible basketball from the WNBA right now, and I think probably it's the best we've ever seen. Shouts out to you know the old teams, the. The storm shouts out to the you know monarchs and stuff, but I think this is the best we've ever seen. So, and that's not including my my Washington Mystics, who got bounced the first round. So yeah, let's move forward. Hey man, congratulations to I do want to say congratulations to Francis uh, Tiafo for beating Rafael Nadal in u.s open i think quarterfinals uh or semifinals first and foremost francis tiafo is from the crib (laughs) he's from pg county for people that don't know prince george's county maryland shouts out to you my guy you know hey i'm be real with you i'm always gonna go black i'm always going to bet black that's just how it is that's how it's going to be. I'm always betting black. I'm always going with the black per now I am let me how do I say this? I am uh if I see if, if the black person loses or does something wrong, I'm 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 honest on that. And I'll be like, yeah, they lost. But 
I don't think you understand how excited and happy. And I was I was like fist pumping when I saw Francis Tiafo win, man. And and that's no offense to Rafael Nadal, arguably one of the greatest tennis players of all time. But I'm always going to I'm always gonna root for he's from the crib he's from pg county man i i had to you know he's going to be the cover too he's going to be the cover of of this episode it's spoiler alert that's that's how it's going to be shouts out to francis francis uh tiafo man now the the way that this usually goes now i hope this doesn't go this way but the way this usually goes is you you reach the highest of heights you beat rafael nadal and if and there was a stat like this is the first time since 2003 um, that Rafael Nadal, Serena Williams, um, Djokovic, and Roger Federer, one of the four are not in the finals. First time since 2003. That's crazy. It's 2022. So, shouts out to you, Francis, man. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And before we go, it has happened. Serena Williams uh, on Friday met her demise and lost uh, in the U.S. Open. Uh, now, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I did a whole episode about this, but, you know, Serena Williams will, in my opinion, will go down as the greatest tennis player of all time, men or women. You know, I was thinking she is one of those rare people that is bigger than sports. And the fact that she's black is huge. It's like there's people she she trans she's transcended as far as her impact on sports, her impact on American history. There's no way that you can talk about American history. Like 2050, 2099, 3001. There's no way that if you're talking about the history of the United States or history of the world, that you cannot say Serena Williams' name and have a proper depiction of the history. I think about that, man. Think about the fact that because of Serena Williams, there would be no Coco Golf, who right now is in is young as hell <laughs> over here, possibly could win the US Open. I'm rooting for her to win the US Open. And she's still going. I think she's in the semifinals. There would be no Steph uh uh Steffens, I forgot her first name. I, I think Chris Steffens. She won it in 2017. And yo, Serena Williams made it made black people interested in, in tennis. Arthur Ashe didn't do that. Um <laughs> I'm a big Roger Federer fan. Roger Federer didn't do that. Serena Williams did. And again, there would be no Coco Golfs. There would be no uh 
Is it uh, uh, Sloan? Sloan, Steve. I apologize. I apologize for messing up your name. There be no Naomi Osaka. I know that she's kind of going through a, a a rough stint right now, but she's still one of the best. When she's on, she's one of the best tennis players in the world. She was number one for a good minute. What I'm saying is, man, congratulations, and I know she didn't win, but congratulations for to Serena Williams for having one of the greatest careers in sports history. When we talk about sports, there's a few names, and when I, there's a few names that transcend sports, and what I mean by that is there's a few names. A friend of mine, I always text her saying, hey, do you think X is bigger than Beyonce. And usually she's a big Beyonce fan. So she's always going to go with Beyonce. But if you think about it, man, there's a few people that are bigger than sports. Serena Williams is one of them. Tiger Woods is one of them. Yo, people that have never watched golf know who Tiger Woods is. People that have never watched tennis know who Serena Williams is. People who have never watched basketball know who Michael Jordan is. Hell, at this point, people who have never watched basketball know who LeBron James is. Supersede sports. So congratulations, um, Serena Williams, uh, for having one of the greatest careers of all time. You will go down as my GOAT, my greatest of all time, not just women's greatest tennis player of all time. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Definitely in my Mount Rushmore. And uh, thank you for making it okay for black people to actually care about care about tennis. Because in that case, we wouldn't have a Coco Golf who's still playing. So shouts out to her. A Naomi Osaka. A, a Sloane Stephens. Or Stephens. Stephens. Shout out to Venus too, because like Serena said, there would be no Serena. Serena, if there was without Venus. Shout out to the Venus too. Shout out to that family. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. So get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot. I'm trying to get the algorithms going, and I need you guys' help. So thank you. And until next time, much love. Everything going your way, but well, what about me?